Well, hello and good morning, church family. On all of our campuses, all 14 campuses across the state and those joining online, we wanna welcome you to our Sunday gathering. Anderson Campus, can you put your hands together and let's welcome everybody all over the state and around uh, wherever you're tuning in from. I am so pumped uh, to be out here because uh, we were, we were you know, this series, if you wanna go ahead and open up your notes on the, on the New Spring app, they're there, they're preloaded, and you're gonna love this content today, but this series is really a cascade of the, um, the effects of the resurrection that we celebrated at Easter. And so Easter, of course, we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, but I want you to know you should have an Easter-shaped life. There's some things in your life that die and there's some things in your life that resurrect. And this series, the Resurrection Life series, is about helping us understand that there is more to following Jesus than just getting to spend eternity with him one day, amen? That there are things on the table right now. And many people miss out on all these good gifts that the Lord has for you and I right now because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will rob you of 60 years of walking with God here on earth if you don't know about some of the good gifts that Jesus Christ has purchased for you and me at his cross. One of those gifts is the idea of freedom. And so today, um, honestly, as we were praying about this, I would love to preach this message to you. But I just candidly want you to know, I think the best person to preach the message about freedom to you is uh, a gentleman you're about to hear from. He's a part of both our Anderson campus and helps oversee the spiritual formation here, but he helps oversee the spiritual formation at your campus. And uh, he's, he's married to a South Carolina gal who grew up right here at New Spring Church. They met at Clemson years ago and then moved to his hometown, right, uh, and home space of Britain. So you're gonna have to lean in and listen close and you're gonna love to hear from him. But would you guys, New Spring Church, very first time he's ever preached on a Sunday, would you help me welcome Pastor Finn Sheridan? Love you, brother. Now, I know we've got the Anderson crew here. I know we've got campuses all over, but we've also got some folks that are listening at 2.15 standard time over in Britain, so you can say hello to all of them in a bit, but I wanna pray for you, brother. You. Father God, I thank you for this man, and I thank you for the word you've put in his heart Thank you for the way that he's going to share faithfully your good news with us. And Lord, I pray for each of our souls that it would be good soil and that we would receive not only the fact that you died on a cross to get us from hell, but you also died on a cross to get hell out of us. And so for the inner healing and the freedom that we all need to walk in, would you give us revelation of that? Would you bless this man as he preaches? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you. Thank you. Good morning, New Spring Church. Good morning. It is so good to be with you. I'm amazed, absolutely amazed at the work of God in my life. I'm amazed because I grew up in a town of 60,000 people in the UK, 5,000 miles away, and I don't really know how we got here, but something escalated really quickly. <laughs> Listen, I just, I'm, I cannot commend enough to you this resurrection life that Pastor Clayton was talking about last week and that we've been talking about as we've journeyed from Easter is that if you say yes to God, he's got a life more extraordinary for you than you, one you could create yourself. And that the yes to Jesus Christ is the single biggest yes that you can give. And when you give it, he will do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. And so I am just thrilled to be with you, thrilled to be with my family, thrilled to be able to, to share this message with you this morning. Uh, the irony is not lost on me and the providence of God is not lost on me that uh, 
we would have chosen a British person to talk about freedom to Americans. Because, listen, I've observed something. Y'all love being free, and y'all love talking about freedom, and we're, we're in the middle of a, a national conversation about freedom, and I've observed something. People of New Spring Church, people of America, people watching online, is, is though the conversation is heated about freedom right now, uh, we're not free. And so it's very interesting to me that you would have chosen a British person to kind of deliver with this, and it's going to come in a British accent because one of the key freedoms that you'll love is freedom from British people. So the fact that like, that's the way we're doing this this morning is, is funny to me. But listen, I've lived here for a few years now, and I've been a part of this church for a few years now, and I've uh, studied this culture and just observing that in so many ways, although the conversation is heated about freedom, economically, politically, socially, culturally, there are so many ways that we as the people of God and the church of God can have a better conversation and can have a better understanding of what it means to be a freed people, living, displaying the true freedom that Jesus Christ offers. You know, we're more anxious than ever before, more medicated than ever before, more triggered than ever before, more uh, ensnared than ever before, and yet we want to talk about freedom more and more. And so this morning, we are going to look at what is the resurrection of Jesus Christ accomplished for us and what pattern does it make and what exchanges can we make in our lives as pertains to freedom so that we can step into the fullness of what Jesus has for us. So we're going to look at some text this morning. We're going to uh, be in a set, a set passage all the way through this morning. And so if you've got a Bible, if you've got an app, if you've got the New Spring app, you can follow along there. But I want us to go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 9, and we're going to work all our way through the 914. And here's, here's what I want to commend to you right now. You don't know me. You don't know my, well, some of you do. My wife knows me, and my friends know me, but most of you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know my beliefs. You trust this stage. You trust our lead team. You trust Pastor Brad. You trust our campus pastors. But listen to me right now. You need to examine what I'm saying, not against whether you like it, whether your culture says you should like it, whether you enjoy what I'm saying or not, but you need to hold me to account to the words of this book. You need to hold up and say, when I say things that maybe uh, prick you or feel offensive or feel difficult to swallow, all I ask is that you would weigh me against this. Is this what God's word says or not? And if it's what God says, then it's not about who delivers it. It's about what we do in response to that. It's about what we do in response to the words of Jesus, both written here in the text and living and active this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to keep our eyes on this text. I want you to not just kind of read the text and then move on to something else or change apps. I want you to keep the text open and I want us to keep looking again, again, and again at what does God's word say to us this morning. Can you do that for me? Yes, great. Okay, let's go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 then. This is Paul writing, he's writing a prayer to this church and he says this, and so from the day we heard we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, say power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Can I just pray one more time for us as we jump into God's word? Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would send your Holy Spirit to lead us into what we cannot accomplish for ourselves. 
God, I pray that every single person under the sound of my voice would hear and experience your words speaking to them. God, I pray that our ears would be opened, our eyes would be opened, that our hearts would be soft to the prompting of your Holy Spirit. May the words of my mouth that come out of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Let what we do this morning not just simply be a moment of playing church, but Father, let your presence come. Let revelation break forth. Let chains be broken and let freedom spring up in the people of God in New Spring Church this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, so let's look at our text as we examine this first exchange. Paul prays Colossians 1, 9 to 10 this. Then so the day, from the day that we've heard, We've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The order by which Paul prays is really important. I want to draw attention to it. Paul doesn't begin with, I wish that you lived a life that pleased God. He doesn't begin with, I wish you would bear more fruit. He doesn't begin with, I wish that you would get your act together externally. He instead begins with this. I pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will. You see, so many of us have grown up in religious environments and religious atmospheres that told us that we have to present an external way of living, which is the thing that matters. You know, we're in lawn care season, and so, so many of us, not myself, I struggle with this. I have to pay someone else to do it for me. But like, so I see so many uh, people like clipping their, just the tiny edges of their lawns and just setting out, making sure that the white picket fence is really nice and white this, this time of year. So many people just making sure that the mulch is laid down properly, all this sort of stuff, all this curation of the external. And yet Jesus Christ has not come so that our external would be more polished, the resurrection was not so that we might externally look better. It's so that our inner world would be transformed. The exchange, the first exchange that I want us to talk about this morning is this, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is death to life, has moved us from simply polishing the outside of our lives to allowing him to speak to the inside. That's the first exchange that we need to make. And so Paul, when he prays this, he's not praying for them that they would just get a better Christianity or a more polished version of following Jesus, a better type of religion. What he's actually praying is that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Why would you need to know God's will? So that you can make God's decisions. If you know his will, you'll know his heart. And if you know his heart, you'll know his love. And so God wants to fill you before he starts to talk about what a life pleasing to him looks like. You need to know this this morning. What we're doing here right now is not just talking about, I wish you would stop looking at porn, I wish you judged people less, and I wish you didn't speed more. That's not what this morning has to be about. This morning has to be about this, that you and I have to bring our lives fully into the light before Jesus and say, Jesus, there's these external things that are going on in my life, but what is internally driving me? What is internally the thing that is actually producing these behaviors? Listen, some of you, as, we, as you realize we were talking about freedom this morning, started to think about that thing, that external thing that you know that if you could just get around to really sorting that thing out, life would feel a little bit better. That external thing that if you could take care of that, uh, it would be, God would be more pleased and more happy with you. I'm telling you that's a lie because what that is is simply the fruit of internal roots in your life. And so if you keep just trimming the fruit off, that thing which is growing inside of you will keep producing that kind of fruit. For so many of us, we get caught up on making sure we give the appearance of godliness. 
the appearance of religion. I, just, I should do better. I know I should try harder. No. Jesus Christ's resurrection has accomplished more than that for us. Jesus Christ's resurrection has given us the power to be able to move from simply, uh, as Jesus put it, polishing the outside of the cup, making it look glossy on the inside, but he called the Pharisees out in Matthew and he says, no, it's the inside of the cup that's dirty. It's the inside of the cup that's causing these external behaviors. And if you would clean the inside, the outside would be clean too. If you would clean the outside this morning, if you would clean the inside this morning, New Spring Church, the outside would be clean too. So that's our first exchange. Our first exchange is this, that we have to simply move, and I, I have to help us see this morning that we don't just start thinking of freedom and think about it in terms of what religion or culture has told us, but that there would be a moment here with the 25 minutes that we've got left to just get quiet with us and God and say, God, I don't like this thing that keeps on popping up in my life. That this moment, this Sunday morning, would be a moment for you to be able to pause in the presence of God and say, God, what actually is it in my life that you require of me? Is it simply more good old Southern Christianity or all? Is it fully surrendered existence? Is it that you want to take every single part of my life and transform it and that begins internally? So this morning, don't simply go to the thing on the outside that you think Jesus is interested in. I'm encouraging you. Allow the Holy Spirit this morning as I'm speaking to speak to you about what's on the inside. Listen, for me, I, I just as I've, we don't know each other, but I'm gonna get super vulnerable very quickly. We haven't got time to do the full introduction thing all across the states. Listen, I have been addicted in my life. It's, not my, addicted, it's my, not my addiction to sexual dysfunction. It's not my uh, propensity towards getting drunk. It's not my language that Jesus Christ really was most interested in. It's that I was addicted to the voice of approval from people. And so that I crave affirmation and that I want people to think I'm funny and special and likable. And let me tell you, if I just keep looking at the external, if I keep looking at the outward behaviors, I would never allow Jesus to fix what's actually broken in me, which is I need his voice speaking to me, changing me, transforming me. And so this morning, we have to move from simply just trying to manage and medicate external behaviors. We have to move to, God, what are you saying about the inside of my life and how can I be made new? And here's the good news this morning, that Christ Jesus wants to fill you with the knowledge of his will. And that as you are filled with the knowledge of his will, you would know his will and you would know his heart and you would know his love and then your life would be fully pleasing to him. Christian, nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing can separate you from God's love. But there is a degree of freedom that when we step into, it becomes even more pleasing to him. I'm not preaching legalism this morning, I'm preaching holiness, that you and I would take hold of the promises of God and we would stop playing religious Christian games and instead we would step into a degree of surrender and freedom that would transform us and that we would live pleasing to him, increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants you to know him. You were made to know him. Every fiber of your being, every part of your life was made to know God. The way that we do that is, okay, God, fill me with who you are. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. That's the first exchange that we make. The second exchange is this, that we're going to move from striving to surrender. Now, it's pool season. I was expecting an amen, but it's pool season. There we go. Listen, I'm a big pool guy. Big pool guy. We don't have, someone over there knows me and just lost it. That's very funny. Listen, we don't have sun in the UK. 
just period, we just don't have it. We have uh, Pacific Northwest weather pretty much 365 days of the year. So I get here and it's very, very sunny and I'm like, yes, I want to be brown, I don't need sunscreen, let's just go straight by the pool. And several of you in here have been uh, kind enough to open your pools to me, thank you so much. I will be, again, partaking this summer, but listen, I just, I get to the pool and I just lie there in the sun and I bake. I just want to bake and I'll come home and be like, Danny, look how tanned I am. And Danny will say, no, you're not tanned, you're bright red. Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you doing this to yourself? And I'm like, no, look, it's tanned because I love the pool. The problem with this, as we approach pool season, which is what we're approaching now, is that I also love Zaxby's season, which is every season. And so... I'm just, I move here and the diet is radically different. Everything's fried, there's, there's super size. It's like, it's just, Texas toast is amazing. I want Zaxby's chicken any moment of any day. I want to have it for breakfast and that was a real pivotal moment in my life. And so, when we, we combine winter, which is primarily Zaxby's season, with pool time, which is primarily shirt off season. And listen, these two things do not complement each other well. They don't go together very well. And so we'll get to pool season and uh, I'll take my shirt off, and many of my friends are pregnant, and that's beautiful, and so they have a little tummy that's starting to show, but I actually also have a little tummy that I have formed with Texas toast, extra fries, and Dr. Pepper, and so I'm sat there, and I'm aware of this stomach, so I, so I pull it in, right, I suck it in, and I hold it like this, and I walk around the pool, and my friends are all pretending that they're not doing this, but I know that they are, and we're all just sucking our tummies in, and we're just holding our tummies in like this, and what happens when you hold your tummy in is you actually lose the ability to speak or breathe. <laughs> and so I'm holding my tummy in. And at some point, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's someone else, I notice that someone else has stopped holding their tummy in. And I'm like, oh God, phew, I can let it out. <sighs> Just hold the baby a little bit. Just let it float in the water. <laughs> when, as long as it's brown, it doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as it's tanned, it doesn't matter. But listen, so many of us are living like this. We're just holding our stomachs in. We're just holding our tummies in. And we're walking around holding our tummies in. And the reason we're holding our tummies in is because at some point in our lives, someone told us it's not acceptable to just let it all hang out. That at some point in our lives, someone told us that it's not okay to behave like that or present like that. And so many of us this morning didn't need to be woken up to the idea that we uh, need freedom. We're very aware of it. We're very aware of the sin that's in our lives. We're very aware of the thing that is holding us back. We're very aware of the thing that's going on in the inside of us that is just running our show. And so many of us, also under the sound of my voice, it's not the sin that you did, it was the sin that was committed to you. It was actually the effects of sin which like pollen has completely covered the earth and is infecting every single human being in some degree. And so there were things that were said to you, things that were done to you that have caused you to live a certain way. There were things that your dad said to you when you were seven that you've just picked up and so you just suck the tummy in. Bury the pain. Maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a teacher. But there are things that we've allowed in our lives to cause us to suck in and to start striving. And striving is this, simply trying to live the ways of God without the person of God. You cannot live a kingdom life without the king. 
you have to say yes to him first and all of the fruits and all of the gifts and all of the benefits will come from that but you have to say yes to the person. But so many of us have have detached from that. We've stepped back just like Adam and Eve in the garden. They hear God walking and they cover themselves with shame. They cover themselves with with leaves, things that are completely uh, incapable of hiding themselves from God but they cover themselves. They suck it in and they start striving and they start performing. And some of us have been sucking our tummies in for decades. And that's the reason you don't feel close to God. That's the reason you feel like this thing just is hollow and brittle and doesn't have any power and doesn't have any form. It's because there's no breath in your Christianity. Why? Because you've signed up just to strive, just to try, just to keep going, just to hold it. And I'm telling you this morning that in the name of Jesus, you can step into a degree of surrender where you can be filled with the Spirit of God and His breath can come upon you. And you can breathe, you can breathe, you can find life. Listen, that's what community's for. That's why the church is so important. Don't detach from it, don't run from it. You need a place where you can notice that person's let their tummy out. Oh, I can let mine out too. That person's not faking it. Oh, no, that person's not faking it either. This person's not faking it. We can all come together and be transformed together. Where is this in the text? Let's look one more time. Colossians 1, 10 says this, that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Here's the promise, being strengthened. Everybody say strengthened. With all power, according to his glorious might for all impatience and endurance. Listen, there's no promise of freedom for those who strive their way into it. Jesus says, who the son sets free. Who the son sets free will be free indeed. But those of us that are just trying to strive our way into freedom, there's no promise of freedom there. But here is the promise that you would be strengthened with all power. All power. There's no deficit on the side of Jesus Christ. There's no deficit in his power. There's no deficit in his resurrection. And therefore, you and I this morning can be strengthened. Here's the two things that I believe are going to happen this morning. Number one, some of us are going to come into an encounter with God and a moment and a covenant with God that is going to radically change our lives. You're going to be touched by the power of God and the thing that you walked in here with will not walk out with you. I believe that in Jesus' name. I believe that for so many of our campuses all across the state, people watching online, I believe that for you. And here's the other thing I believe, that this morning some of you would come into the same degree of encounter the same degree of God's presence, the same degree of moment with him where you would lay down that which is troubling you, that which is burdening you, that which is enslaving you. You would lay it down. And then you would walk out of this auditorium and you'd have a choice. You'd have a choice. Am I going to be strengthened with the power, with all endurance and patience that I need to live this kind of life beyond this Sunday morning? Listen, you don't need endurance and patience if you're not going on a journey. You don't need endurance and patience if God's going to make, wave his wand and just make you all better. But listen, some of us want the power of God without the relationship of God, and that's witchcraft. So we have to step into a relationship with God where he invades every single part of our life. Every single part. Listen, if you want freedom, if you don't want to live the way you've been living, you cannot simply suck your tummy in and hold your way and hope you make it. That's not worked for you. Listen to me, young man in Florence, that's not worked for you. Ma'am, in Charleston, watching my, my, this message right now, that's not worked for you. So stop striving. Surrender. Lay it down. Give him everything. You've been an awful king of your own life. You don't belong on that throne. It's too big for you. 
Listen, all all of us, under the sound of my voice, so many of us have decided that although creation says you are king, although the angels say you are king, although cherubim and seraphim say you are king, although all elders cast their crowns and say you are king, some of us have decided that the best way to live our life is say, I hear all that, but not my life. Listen, that's insanity. That's insanity. The fullness of the Christian life, the fullness of the resurrection life, It's found in surrender. It's found in laying it down. It's found in giving it to him. He can be trusted with it. So will you take your pain out of your past and will you bring it here and say, Jesus, can you you really heal this? Will you take that sin which has been holding and entangling you and you thought you owned it, but actually it owns you. Would you bring that here and say, Jesus, can can you really break these chains? This morning, will we lay down our religion, our simple polishing of the outside, and will we say, Jesus, could you touch the inside? The final exchange, New Spring Church, in our time together is this. That for those of you who were aware already that there are degrees of freedom that you're not experiencing and things in your life that you've not been experiencing the full, unhindered experience of God's presence in, That's developed in so many of us, a sense of hatred. Man, I just just hate that I do this, but I keep doing it. I hate that I feel that way, but I just keep feeling it. I hate that I act this way, but I keep just, I keep acting it. And listen, loathing is incomplete. Just simply hating your sin or hating your chains or hating your pain, hating your trauma. Listen, I'm not belittling it, but I'm just saying, just simply hating that it's there is not powerful enough. You and I have to move from loathing to love. Let's turn our eyes one more time to this text. Verse 12 says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Say me. Say me again. There we go. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Listen, the first thing I want to do is draw our attention to the tense that Paul's talking about here. Has qualified. Has delivered. Has transferred. Those of you who are paying attention in English will recognize that as the past tense. That has been done. If you're a Christian... If you're a Christian listening to me right now, that is true for you. Whether you feel it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you even believe it or not, that is true. It's the truest thing in the universe about you, that you have been qualified, transferred, given this inheritance, put in the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. So I want to speak this morning to your identity. I want to say that you're not living, some of us, like the way that actually God sees us. And the light bulb moment for us is not that we're in captivity or sin. It's not a greater hatred of those things. It is to realize that you and I are in a kingdom of a beloved son. And if the king's beloved and the kingdom's beloved, then those who live in it 
a beloved as well. That's how God sees you. That's how he thinks about you. In your moment of greatest sin, in your moment of greatest temptation, in your moment of greatest pain, as you actively uh, live in a way that doesn't please and honor him, do you know what he still says? Loved. Beloved. You're mine. Come into the light again. Come into the place of healing again. Come into the place of wholeness again. Listen, religion won't tell you that. Religion will tell you, suck that tummy in and don't let anyone see. And this morning, New Spring Church, I call us into freedom. I call us into transparency. I call us into vulnerability. You have been qualified to share in the inheritance. Qualified, not by anything that you did. Not by works that no man can boast. He did that for you. He did that for you. He did that for me. And he doesn't just do that for us in the moment of salvation. He offers us a life of resurrection. A fully surrendered, 365, 24-7, active way of living that looks like his kingdom, that looks like the beloved son. Listen, you need to be captured this morning. I need to be captured this morning, not by the, the severity of our sin or the deepness of our change or the pain that holds us back. We need to be captured by love. We need to be captured by love again. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says this. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we all with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his likeness. From one degree of glory to the next, one translation says, with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So listen, would you stand with me? Across every location. Hating that we are not free. Being aware that pain, trauma, past behaviors, present behaviors are driving our life is not the way to step into freedom. It is to behold him, to see him, to see Jesus, who is the point of human existence. It's to experience his love. It's to be so amazed by his love, so captivated by his love, so transfixed by his love, so hit again, again, and again, and again by his love, that this is what happens. Love is produced in your heart. The love that continually comes again, and again, and again, through the presence of his Holy Spirit, so captures you, so hits you, that you start to love him back. And as you start to love him back, you start to realize how much he loves you. And you start to love him back and you start to realize how much he loves you. And when this happens, listen, when this happens, the sin in your life, the sin in my life just becomes so brittle and tasteless. It just doesn't satisfy. You and I don't have to strive our way into this. We need to fall in love with Jesus again. We need to fall in love with who he is. We need to be recaptivated by him. We don't need to strive. We don't need to work harder. We don't need to try better. We don't need to do more. We don't need to polish the exterior. We simply need to say, Jesus, help me love you. I receive your love for me. I'm not talking about a moment of salvation. If you're a Christian under the sound of my voice, that should be our prayer today. That should be our prayer in this moment. That should be our prayer every single moment of our lives is that Jesus, this is really all about you. It's not about me. It's about you. Help me live like that. So I want to ask us two simple questions as we move towards a time of prayer and worship. We're going to, we're going to respond. I just want to ask you this question. What has God said to you today? As I've been talking, what is the Spirit of God saying to you? What has he brought to the surface in your heart? 
And if God speaks, he simply is asking, would you respond? Every interaction with God is an invitation to closeness. It's an invitation to his presence. It's an invitation to know him. You were designed for knowing God. That's what you were designed for, to be close, to be intimate, to be near, to be with him. That was what human beings were created for. And so anything that feels like it's in the way of that, that this morning God wants to say, I can move that if you'll let me. I can change that if you'll let me. Listen, I want to speak just to men for a moment here. I say this with respect, but with the fear of the Lord. Some of us picked up things from our dads and our grandfathers, and we have carried them, and we will pass them to the next generation if we don't deal with them. Your inability to experience and express emotions or feelings is not of God. It is a snare that religion has put you in. And this morning, God wants to break it. He wants you to be able to know and experience his love, to feel the same joy that you feel on the golf course and the deer stand and the Clemson Tiger Stadium. He wants you to experience that in his presence, not even just in church, in your life that your truck would become an altar, that your life would become a place where God lives. All of creation waits for the manifesting of the sons of God. Men of New Spring Church, will you step up to that? Here's how you do that, you surrender. You just lay down your pride just for one moment. Say, I make an awful king of my life, but there is a king who's worth taking a knee for. There is a king who can transform that. There are generational things in our church, New Spring, that can stop today. The power of a decision, there's no deficit on the power of Jesus Christ. The question is, what will we do with what we've heard today? Will we let it hang out? Will we let our tummies out? And will we allow the breath of the Spirit of God to come? So we're going to sing two songs in a moment across all of our locations. We're going to begin just by reflecting as we sing nothing else. And as we sing nothing else, I want you to just ask yourself, God, what are you saying to me? And then all across our campuses, a campus pastor is going to come out and then we're going to pivot and we're going to turn because this service doesn't end with introspection and self-pity and navel-gazing. This service should end with, Jesus, I love you. Capture me again by your love. Let the chains that have held my life be broken as I see you afresh. And so pray, let's pray together right now, New Spring Church, across every location. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. God, I pray that you would speak to us right now. You would help us see Jesus. God, I pray for every person that feels so locked up, held, trapped. God, for those of us that have tried to lay it down before, but this just feels like another moment and what will be a cycle, I pray this morning you'd fill our hearts with faith. Faith to believe, faith to experience, faith to know you. God, would you break things across our locations right now that cannot be broken by man's words or by simply trying harder, but that can only be broken by the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, would chains break, would freedom be uncorked in our lives this morning? God, we love you. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen.